This is the Skyline Wealth Strategies Radio Show. I'm Walter Storholt, joined as always by Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland and the great team at Skyline Wealth Strategies. You can find more information about the team and how we can help you prepare for retirement by going to SkylineWealth.com. Guys, are you ready to talk about lies you learned in broker school? Well, not necessarily you guys, but <laughs> some someone who might some people. These things. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, sure, why not? All right, so you know, a lot of financial professionals say things that aren't true. That's why people, I think, have somewhat of a negative opinion of uh, you know that word financial advisor sometimes, or you know, m- money guys or money people, that kind of thing. Uh, it's not that they're intentionally trying to mislead. Sometimes these financial professionals, it's just that they've been trained to use certain talking points, maybe from their company, their larger organization, and maybe they even start to you know truly believe some of these them these things themselves. So we're gonna talk about some of the statements that somebody might say to you from a so-called financial advisor and why you should be cautious if you hear any of these kinds of statements or claims. I'll start you off with a, uh, a softball here, guys. Uh, right. what, what if somebody comes to you and they says, yeah, my broker told me we have experts who can accurately predict market movement, and that's why we should listen and, and trust them. What's your initial reaction to that? I mean, the, the word predict it. is the first red flag right there. I would say, you know, go call the SEC and give them, give them that statement, <laughs> give them that broker's name, and then come back and see me. I mean, that's there's all kinds of models. I mean, most of that stuff is going off computer models now anyway. And there are various levels of being informative that skates in the gray area of, of insider information. But people that do the research, that pay attention to things, can see trends overall. But nobody can, nobody can forecast. Nobody can predict what the market's going to do. Yeah, it's constantly bucking the trend. Do you know what I mean? Uh, there's all kinds of, like Justice saying, all kinds of uh, data points that you can look at and analyze. And I I did plenty of that in college, you know what I mean? You know, building portfolios based off of these indicators and so on and so forth. And maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Um, at the end of the day, it's it's sort of an educated guess at best. I've yet to see somebody who can accurately predict everything that's going to happen. It's just, it's not the real world. So what you can do is, is look at people who... who who do monitor the markets and maybe know a thing or two more than the average person and, and maybe put a little trust and confidence in them if you believe you they are deemed worthy. But you, you shouldn't hang your whole hat, um, certainly not your whole portfolio, uh, just based on somebody saying, we can predict the future. Yeah. I mean, that's... that's uh, the most, the most successful guys I've seen out there are the ones with the most successful portfolios. It's not a matter of being able to predict what's happening. It's a matter of investing intelligently you know, in the way you diversify or the types of stuff you pick. It's not, it's not, I'm going to buy this because I know that tomorrow the price is going to go up. It's, it's the, it's the manner in which they do it yeah. consistently over time. And those are the guys that are successful. In it. I mean, if or anybody the, could predict it, then I mean, you'd only work for a day, right? Right. More of the value investing, like Warren Buffett, for example, he's, yeah. he's pretty good at that. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's done right. <laughs> pretty decent sized portfolio. Yeah, yeah, not bad at all. And uh, I think it's interesting because it doesn't matter how specific someone's trying to be, right? I mean, it's it's not even if they're necessarily saying, well, it's gonna, the market's going to go up 10% next year. That's not necessarily the claim here. It's just anybody who's kind of giving you that, well, I mean, you know, we can pretty, pretty much predict this is what's going to happen, even if they're a little vague about it. It's going to stay the same. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. If anybody's kind of dabbling in those waters, that's the big red flag, right? Absolutely. Huge yep. red flag. Yep. You have to understand the risk that you're taking, and there is an inherent risk in market investing. It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, you can say if you are a 
30-year veteran advisor, and you've created an extremely successful career off of building portfolios that are market-based, and you've done very well, and your clients are doing very well, then you can hang your hat on that and say, I've got experience in being successful in this. But when you start trying to tell people you can predict things, that's just that's, yeah, that, that's hogwash. It's a little too close to the G word, guarantee, yeah, right? You exactly. don't want to get anywhere close to that because you just can't, you know? I can't predict anything. I mean, the, the for 4 billion, 600 million years, the sun's come up every day, right? But I, I can't guarantee it's going to come up tomorrow. <laughs> can't predict that one. And that's one of the most stable things to, uh, you know, probably In the bet universe. your money on, you know? Right? In fact, I would bet all my money that it will come up tomorrow. Because, you know, if it doesn't, eh, we got bigger problems. And, and it probably will. And I, and I probably would bet all but, you know, enough bug out money um, on that, too. But, you know, in the end, I can't guarantee it. Yeah, your, your bug out money may not even help you in the, in the case of no sun. <laughs> that's very true. Well, that's, a, that's what silver goes for, yeah. You got your silver bars, yeah, yeah you or your gold bars, that's right. Yeah, they trade at night just like they do during the day. There you go. Uh, we're talking about the lies that your broker may have learned in school. Another one is, uh, hey, just look at our past investment returns. You can see that we have a system that works well in all markets. I think there's a lot to break down in a statement like that. First of all, what do we mean by works in all markets? And also, what about the idea of looking at past investment returns rather than trying to predict, okay, well, let's look back at what's happened before. You know, there's two schools of thought on, on history on that. You know, a lot of people say that you know, the historical return is not an indication of the future, right? whether that's in the stock market or just life in general. And I, I would beg to differ. You know, I mean, if I stick my finger in that light socket over there and <laughs> <laughs> come back tomorrow, I'm pretty sure if I stick it in, the same thing's going to happen. So, I mean, there are some things that you can at least form your opinions or the way that you're going to do something based on past experiences. I mean, that's just how life works. But just because a broker has done well in the past does not necessarily mean that he has some magic formula that's going to allow him to keep on doing well. Right. In the There's future. no, no crystal ball to predict the, the future markets. Right. I mean, the, yeah. and how far, how far back is the past? Right. So since 2009, man, we've been done, we've done awesome. Like, yeah, well, yeah. so did the monkey yeah. throwing, the, <laughs> right, right, yeah. throwing the dart at the wall, but yeah, let's, let's put you through, let's run you back through 2008, 2000 and say you did overall, and then you know see what your, your system or your mentality is for trying to invest in a right. market. Like, like Walter pointed out, sort of the strategy that works well in all markets. I mean, if the market's down, the market's down. I, I'm not sure what strategy you'd have to combat that in an overall capacity. You're, you're probably gonna be down too. Maybe you're just you know making the, the, the risk, maybe you're trying to make it as least risky as possible you know, in, in a down market, but at the end of the day, the, the systemic risk is, is still there. You're, you're going to be down in a 2008 market no matter what you're doing if you're participating in the market. So when you, when you hear that, I mean, yes, they're, they're trying to produce performance, you know, in an up or down market. But at the end of the day, you're going to be moving with the overall market. Maybe not as severely, but you're still going to move. I mean, the only way to, to not do that is to, to not be in the market. <laughs> and then you hear the really arrogant guys are going, yeah, that's, you know, we'll short it. It's like, no, yes, yeah. that's... that's now you're yeah. adding a double layer risk on top of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, and there's there's ways to kind of hedge that, you know. And again, maybe you're not as down when when it's down, but overall, you're still along for the ride in some capacity. So, don't buy into that necessarily. Just more than anything, understand that if you're going to participate in the market, you're there with with a level of risk. You just have to understand that. Yeah, it's a great point, guys. And I think if we're talking about, you know, lies you learn in broker school, but I think this next one kind of fits into the category of maybe it's just been the company talking point for such a long time, or maybe it's just been the way that the discussion has been approached for a long period of time. But if you hear from your advisor, you know what, your tax rate will be much lower in retirement. Therefore, you know, implement this plan. Why might that be a big red flag as well? 
If it was 1980, um, <laughs> right? Would, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't consider it as much of a red flag, but that's only because in 1980 we didn't realize what was going to happen. Sure. You know, the, the whole tax deferred notion is based on that. Um, when I retire, I will not be working. Therefore, I will be making less money. Therefore, I should theoretically be in a lower tax bracket. Well, that just didn't work out the way everybody expected it to. So that's just incorrect from from the very beginning, no matter how you look at it. Yeah, I mean, it's twofold. It's one, you know, most most clients, at least clients that we're talking to, or they're, they're not looking to have a, a lower, you know, uh, lifestyle than they currently hold. Most people either keep the same lifestyle or increase it in retirement. And the other part to it is we're, we're seeing some of the lowest tax rates that we've, we've ever seen right now. And they're not guaranteed to stay there. You know, there's a great chance that they'll go up at some point. Guaranteed, they're not. Gonna yeah, stay <laughs> so they're gonna. The great chance they're gonna go up at some point during your retirement. So you know, even if you're keeping your income level consistent, your rates are gonna go up. So, just hedging against both of those factors, it's, it's probably not gonna work out in your favor. Yeah, and it's back to Roth. You know, yeah, tax free. Yeah, work on can, that Roth IRA. Do all you can to get as much tax free income as you can, um, so that you're impacted the least by varying tax rates, which are. They swing up and down far more than the stock market ever has. So if you see uh, Yugos driving around out there on the streets, <laughs> abandon your preconceived notions of retirement planning is the moral of the story today. That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> uh, last but not least, one more lie that maybe we learned in broker school. Again, not us, but someone may have learned in broker school and may be telling you this. When the market goes down, and you may hear this at some point. Now, I'm not going to go back to number one and predict the market, but I'm just saying there will be another market downturn one day. And when it happens, you may hear the excuse. I know a lot of people did in 2008. It's just a paper loss. Just a paper loss. Hang in there. You'll be fine. Why is that a concerning statement to you guys? You know, that, that whole paper loss thing, that's like the – we call it a California loss around here. But if you're 30, yeah, no big deal. You know, stick it out and wait for it to come back. As a matter of fact, you got some extra money, plow some more into it. But, you know, if you're, if you're within five or ten years of actually retiring and counting on that portfolio to start spending it down or to reallocate it somewhere else, you got a problem. And it's not a paper loss. Yeah. You know, I, it amazes me. I'll ask people this all the time. And I'll tell them up front, it's a, it's a trick question. 2008, you're down 40% in your portfolio, but it's okay. You stuck with it. You're back up 40%. Are you okay? And everybody's like, yeah, at least I'm where I was. I'm like, no, you're not even close. It's like it, it's 40% yeah, increase back. Out. Yeah, the math doesn't work out. So I'm like, okay, you got a hundred grand, you're down 50%. How many dollars do you have? 50,000. Now you're up 50%. How much? And you can see the light bulb go off above the head. I'm like, Oh, yeah, I got to go up a hundred percent to take off a 50% loss. So yeah, riding those waves up and down. The only thing that makes a portfolio decrease in value faster than it's slipping in the market is you spending it while it's decreasing because you got less and less and less to build back up. Right, right. So I think uh, ultimately there's some insensitivity perhaps in that, that broker statement, right? The paper loss. I mean, if your time horizon is long enough, sure, maybe that's all it is. But for most of the people we're working with, you, you can't stomach a paper loss and, and you may not be able to recover from it. So again, it's important to understand what risk you're taking within your investment portfolio, but also make sure you're working with an advisor who really understands that, that time horizon and has your overall objectives in mind as, as they're building out your plan because mm -hmm. it... Yeah, then it goes back to the way we do our plans, and it's always a two-step process. It's income first, accumulation second. So once we once we have your income plan set up to where we've got all your income figured out, the rest of your life, adjusted for inflation, no matter how long you live, now what's left over, can you afford to take a paper loss? Yeah, market goes down, it's okay. 
wait it out. Even if it means that when it comes back up, you're on your deathbed because it's not affecting your income. You just pass those assets down to the next generation. So I just want to take a couple of minutes here to talk about how this is impacting us as well as everybody else. You know, I mean, we, we're not doing seminars anymore. No, that's, no. That's weird. That's what really, a change, yeah. Um, you know, kind of our long-term goal, our five- to seven-year plan was to not do so many seminars and rely on other means of, of getting in front of people. And so we've had our five-year plan accelerated to a two-week plan. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah. but it's okay. You know, I mean, that, that's what smart businesses are rolling with us and looking out for our clients. And I mean, that's, that's, that's what we have to do. Um, it's not going to do anybody any good if we just put our head down and say, you know, what do we do? Exactly. You know, we're here for, for everybody, existing clients, and also those people out there who, whose plans have changed and suddenly need help, or maybe they didn't think they did before. Exactly. And, and, and you know, and the reality is a lot of the hurdles that we had to deal with on scheduling and getting people in here when they have them take off work, spend time in here, it doesn't sound right to say that, you know, it, it's, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing with this virus. But the reality is, as a result of this and, and changing how we react to it, it really frees up some more time for us to be able to meet with more people maybe spend some more time with those people. Um, and possibly if you're working from home, frees up some time for you to actually deal with your retirement. I mean, yeah. let's, let's take advantage of a bad situation and try to at least get some good out of it. Right. So if you're sitting there working from home, maybe you have a, a lunch break and all you can do is think about, my gosh, what's the market doing? What, what happens to my retirement? Um, utilize that time. Don't sit there and and worry about it, you know, set up a call with us. That's what we're doing right now. You can reach us either by normal phone call or, or video call um, and, and just have a 30-minute consultation with us just to get to know us and connect and, and figure out what's going on and, and what do I need to do. Yeah, and I mean, the, the, you know, on top of it, if you think about Austin traffic, right? So if somebody's going to take off work, come sit down with us for two hours. They really add a, a, an hour. Oh, yes, at least, it. right? Yeah, yeah. So if you're working from home, you know, now you've only got to take off, uh, you know, the, the time of the appointment itself. Yeah. No, no driving time. Your so. commute is about 15 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever it takes to dial in. Um, and something else that just occurred to me, you know, the we're local. We're, we're tried and true. Keep Austin weird. We're right here in the middle of local Austin. Um, which has, to some degree, limited our ability to deal effectively with people that aren't here local. I mean, nobody wants to drive traditionally. Three hours yeah, traditionally. exactly. Yeah. Um, so you know, with this new world we're coming into and the new model that we're setting up, just to be able to function and deal with people locally, that opens it up for you know people everywhere. So if you can hear this on the radio, we can help you. Yeah. Or if you know somebody who can't hear it, you need to pass this along yeah. to them. Uh, tune exactly. them in, right? All, all of a sudden, you have more options than you had before. That's it. But really, if you can hear us now. We can help you. We can talk to you. We can do anything um, by video conference that we could previously do here in the office. We've got electronic applications for everything. We've got e-signatures. Uh, you know, we've kind of stopped the machine and figured out how to do this without having to sit in front of somebody. And we've got it figured out. You know, I'm, I'm really proud of Jonathan. Jonathan has just like been a beast on getting with all the carriers and everybody that we deal with and figuring out, you know, where's that one thing that we can't do virtually? And then he hops on it and fixes it. So we're set up. We're, we're running. We can do this from anywhere. Yep, we're ready to go. So absolutely reach out to us. We want to help you um, and really put a plan together now now more than ever uh, to set you up for long-term retirement success. So we're here for you. Please do reach out to us. It's very easy to get in touch, of course. Just call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. That puts you in touch with Jonathan Berklin and Jess Hamill and the team at Skyline Wealth Strategies. And it allows you to set up a time for that 30-minute call or video conference so you can meet remotely with the team and get your financial plan in place. Call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. Or get in touch via the website at skylinewealth.com. 
That's SkylineWealth.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. You know, there's just some strategies that sometimes leave you scratching your head. Okay, we have all this money for advertising. We're going to use it on blimps. Yeah, blimps, because when people are driving in their cars, that's who we're trying to reach. They usually look straight up, so blimps it is. You see what I mean? So keep it right here for strategies that actually make sense. You're listening to Skyline Wealth Strategies, and don't forget to check the team out online at SkylineWealth.com. Now back to the show. Well, this is Skyline Wealth Strategies, and a fun little sidestep today, the quote of the week. Now, this is uh, an unknown quote. Don't know who to attribute this to, but here it is. I can't wait to retire so I can get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and go drive around really slow and make everybody late for work. (laughs) (laughs) That dude was in front of me on the way in a day, man. I swear to God. I think this dude is me when I retire. Oh, I hope not. Man. I think Jess. I think Jess would hate me in 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 the morning traffic routine because I am definitely <laughs> the guy who sees somebody driving really fast and dangerous driving up, and will box them in so they can't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that that probably wouldn't turn out well for you if you tried that with me. Man. <laughs> oh no, that drives me crazy. Like if you're the person trying to get me killed because you're getting on the highway going 40, like I don't appreciate that, you know? Yeah, well, I, yeah I only do it when I'm I'm the one going the speed limit or even already maybe five or ten over, and you're trying to pass yeah. me by 40 or 50 miles an well, hour. If, if there's nobody in front of you and there's yeah, somebody behind you, get out of the way. I don't yeah. condone that, but you know, it's <laughs> it's if you're not trying to get there at least at the speed limit, then you obviously have nothing better to do with yeah. your life, which so is great. I, I waiting to die. Yeah, I envy you at some point. Like, <laughs> get on the right, go the right lane, <laughs> get out of my way. <laughs> now, I I will say this: my code is very detailed. It is not just a like if you're going fast, I'm going to pull over and block you off. It's if you're tail if you're tailgating people, if you're not even giving people the chance to move out of the way for you to be helpful for you. That's when I get mad and I'll block people in. So yeah, but see man, if you're in if you're in a lane and you see a car, you clearly see a car behind you coming up on you faster than you, get out of the way. Don't don't yeah. make them wait till they get on your tailgate to move out of the way. Yeah. That's what makes everybody mad. I'm going ninety but I gotta slow down to seventy. So you can get out of my way so I can get back up to 90. Yeah. Just get out of the way, you know, and then everybody's happy. Yeah. yeah. I think it's yeah. more of the weavers, the weaving in and out, cutting off, cutting oh, a car yeah. off, you know, that kind of, like, more they, of like the they get in the, the yeah. exit lane to pass up traffic, and then they put their yeah. blinker on to merge Stuff back like into the yeah. oh, rush yeah. hour. That I won't oh, do. That I, I did that in my, in my, like, late teens out in California in a Mustang, but I won't do that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think maybe yeah. that's a better clever. It's not just someone who's, like, wants to go faster. You know, like, I get that. Fine. You're more comfortable with that, and you, you want to take the risk of getting pulled? Fine. My No big deal. It's it's the ones who take those dangerous risks. Well, dude, I, like I thought I was going to have a road rage incident this morning. I was like, my blood pressure <laughs> went up. And I just finally got my Tahoe back. It's all done. So I, I, for those of you who don't know, I've got a brand new Tahoe with about a little over a thousand horsepower. This is an insanely fast Tahoe, and I had this dude in front of me. He had to be in his mid seventies in a Porsche this morning, driving like he was in a Prius. And I was like, <laughs> get out of my way now! <laughs> Move, killing me, man. Oh man, why are you in a Porsche? Yeah, yeah. I, I can't tell you how many uh, sports cars that I routinely pass, you know, not even speeding that much. Um, and, 
it tends to be the six o'clock drivers, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, no offense to our lovely audience out there. If you're one of those people, we can still be friends. We it's okay. We it's, still love you. Yeah. Just, just veer to the right a little bit. Happy to help you and work with you. But, you've yeah. got me to identify with. I'm all right. I'm, <laughs> we've got a diversity of opinions here on the show. I'm I'm like fully down with the people that want to like go out and Sunday drive and mosey around. So. I tell you, I was, I was very fortunate that I was on the other end of what I'm about to tell you, which kept me from being on the bad end of it. But I was going to an appointment one time, and this dude was trying to get around me very aggressively and as he passed me he flipped me off and then when I got there it was the guy I had an appointment with and he was very embarrassed <laughs> <laughs> so, so now when I get when I get within a mile or two of the office <laughs> I don't drive like that because the last thing I need to do is tailgate somebody or, or just be a jerk to somebody driving and pull in here then that's my client pulling in so it's, it's, helped, it's helped me we've, some degree. we've all had that happen at least once where you're like going somewhere you know doesn't matter where and then or it could be even as simple as like you end up both going going to the grocery store and seeing each other walking in like, oh, crap, yeah. that was that guy. That was well, I'm okay with that. I'll stare you down and make you so uncomfortable <laughs> you leave, man. But I don't want to deal with a client. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. I love it. Well, there you go. Quote of the week. That what a quote. Some fun directions. That's yeah. a good one. I, can't, I, I just love the image of the, can't wait to retire. Get out yeah. there and slow everybody down. <laughs> just soak it all up. <laughs> get up, get dressed, get ready just for that. That's your just for that. For that. Just for uh. that. All right, back to the financial and retirement conversations coming up next here on Skyline Wealth Strategies. Fishing is an art, and any fisherman worth his salt knows the proper tools to land a whopper. You wouldn't take a cane pole to catch a bass, and unless you're just looking for a tranquil day on the boat, you probably wouldn't use shrimp for bait on the lake. The same can be said of your retirement. There are all sorts of financial products out there, and it's important to know which ones are the right fit for you. A random jumble of investments won't do you much good in retirement. Work with an advisor who knows how to fish, who sees the art within. A well-crafted financial plan will go a long way toward making a successful retirement. Make sure you're putting the right tools in your portfolio. In the Austin area, reach out to the Skyline Wealth Strategies team. Call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. Or online at skylinewealth.com. It's getting to know you time. It's time to get to know Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland a little bit better on today's show. It's getting to know you time. And guys, my question for you this week, what was cool when you were young but isn't so cool now? The first thing that comes to my mind is like the the, the blonde tips on your hair. Like the, <laughs> whatever you call like fr- oh, is it frosting? Is that's that what not, it is? That's not cool anymore? Highlights I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I really don't know if it's if that's something that uh, oh, man, people – But, I man. I do that every summer when we're like, in Mexico. Like early – Like early 2000s, I guess, is, is what – Like sync is what comes to mind immediately. But, yeah, that's that's – I never did it. I, I never – I don't know. I never really wanted to, but at the same time, I was like, maybe I'm not cool enough to do that anyways. So it's it's okay, you know. I'm like, I was I was okay with it, but I remember like all the all the cool kids would would have that. That was like a, a male thing, though. Like I don't think females really did yeah, like the totally frosted. Cool, I would do that when I'd go to Mexico for like two yeah. weeks on a surf trip. I would dye my whole hair just bleach it. <laughs> right? Totally different look. And then when I get back after three weeks, I'd have three weeks of growth, and then just get a haircut. And so I had the tips, like what you're talking about. And then after yeah. about another month, yeah. it would go away. Yeah, I don't. That question is unfair for me, the youngsters, because like the stuff that was cool when I was a kid has now become cool again. 
It, it went uncool, but now it's coming yeah, back. Yeah, everything goes in, in cycles, yeah. right? Yeah, That's right. The, the bell bottoms of the days. Yeah. 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 That was the first thing in my bell bottom. I'm like, nope, that's coming back. Yeah. Like so it sounds like Frosty Tips was pretty universal for all three of us. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> I, might just, I might just go do that. <laughs> Too funny. Well, uh, there you go. Things that were cool but aren't cool now. Although it sounds like we all still like really embrace those memories. But I think like, so. so. You have to. Things that are truly cool never go out of stock. That's true. If they're cool to you, then that's fine. Yeah. Otherwise, it's either cool or it's a fat. Hey, what's what's the Austin slogan? Keep Austin weird, right? So there you go. Our frosted tips. We've kept it weird all these years. There we go. Uh, more coming up on today's show. Skyline Wealth Strategies rolls on after this. You're listening to the Skyline Wealth Strategies radio show. You're listening to Skyline Wealth Strategies, and it's time for our fact of the week. Guys, I have a feeling this is going to spark some debate. The average person falls asleep in seven minutes. Do you believe it? Is it you? I don't believe that. I do. I, I do. I don't think the average married person falls asleep in seven minutes. I don't know what the, the uh, source is and how they figure this out, but I would say I've always been able to fall asleep easily. I just, I can just, if, I only go to bed when I'm tired though. So I, I just, 12, man. I go to bed and, and fall asleep. I think you just, you're so innocent, Jonathan, that you just have nothing that weighs on your heart and your mind at night and you're able to just peacefully no. go to sleep. You know? He actually does, though. I mean, he's like, he's, he probably has more weighing on his head <laughs> know, my than anybody else's age that I know. He just handles it well, man. So it's yeah. like, I, I believe when he says he can just go lay there and fall I, asleep. I, th- I can think. Like, it's not like I have an empty mind. Like, I can, I'd lay there and think about things. Then I just, I wake up the next day. It's like, you know, just like I just fell asleep. I, I think I need like mental thinking in order to fall asleep. It like distracts me from like being physically active. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're shutting down for the day. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't have a problem going to sleep. Very rarely do I have a problem going to sleep. But I know like my wife is the opposite. Like, you know, she can stay up till 2 a.m. and it's like total insomniac. I don't know. If- for me, it's if I actually turn off the electronics and turn off the lights and go get into sleep. I'm going to go get into bed, then I'll go to sleep. But it's convincing myself Shutting off that it's time them. to go to sleep. Because I'm not yeah, tired. It's 2 a.m. Yeah. I'm not tired, but I got to go, okay, it's 2 a.m. Oh, go to no. sleep. Once I get in bed, then I can go to sleep. I have a strong internal clock. I want to be active from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. And, and that's it. That's, that's, those are my waking <laughs> I mean, hours. I, mean, I would be active like 24 hours a day. There's always something <laughs> that's me. I don't want to ever go to sleep. I want to oh, yeah. I want to <laughs> stay awake. If I could not sleep ever, I would, I'm one of those people that would love to stay right? up. That's yes. what I've really? always said. So you think about eight hours of sleep a night, they tell you, right? Isn't that's that like, one third of your life, dude. So waste it's like of a James time. Bond villain, right? Just laying there like a sponge doing nothing, man. What a waste. Yeah. I, I guess I get that, but... Of course, like no offense or anything, but I have I have youth on my side in terms of this conversation. So I think that's also like a mindset thing. Like for me, it's like I don't mind going to sleep if like tomorrow's gonna be a good day or whatever. You know, like I have tomorrow. But I guess at some point there's gonna be less and less of those, man. At some point, (laughs) and I I can understand where you're coming from. That's I'm not. I'm not trying to be mean or anything. I just I'm trying to. I guess I I can understand. There's a different perspective. I guess something. My wife falls asleep in literally. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. In literally ten seconds. I mean, as soon as she closes her eyes, she starts snoring. It's incredible. I don't yeah. understand it. What a, uh, what a talent or, or, or character trait to have, right? Yeah. I think it's got to be it's genetic. It's, it has it's, to it's, be. I, I think it is. I mean, there's no way people are like this different, you know? I've got just like, you know how they say, Jess, you said put all the devices away. Right. See, for me, it's so weird because I, I've tried that, but I get wider awake the quieter and less that there is going on. Oh. So like if we're watching TV, I can be that person that falls asleep within a couple of seconds. I love that lull of the TV. 
actually oh, looking right. at my phone, I'll get in bed. They say, don't do that, don't do that. But I love it makes me really sleepy, and I fall asleep with the phone in my hand. Yeah. And then once, <laughs> once I finally actually put it down and say, okay, time to actually go to sleep, then I'm wide awake. I can't, your, once yeah, I set it back down, up. I can't explain wow. that. I it's, never understood. I got a story for you, then we'll go on to the next thing. But so this really good buddy of mine that I grew up with, he worked for Hershey. Hershey chocolates, and he got some free tickets to NASCAR. So we're at, the, I think we're like the Indy 500, right? We're staying in a hotel room. We go see the Indy. We come back, and we're trying to go to sleep, and he's got the freaking TV on, right? It's like midnight. I'm like, dude, turn the TV off. It's time to go to bed. And his words just shocked me. He said, oh, I can't sleep without the TV on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quiet. yeah. I'm like, okay, the entire human race is based on <laughs> it gets dark. It gets quiet. That's what the, yeah. That is yeah. what encourages sleep. It's like, there's something wrong with you, right? So we start arguing about it. He's like, fine, let's just go home. I mean, we're like, we're... <laughs> <laughs> a long ways from home. Yep. I'm saying it should be off. He's saying it has to be on. My Absolutely wife likes good. it on. Wow. She, she likes to have it. She'll she'll turn it down like no volume, even though she'd prefer to have some volume on. But it's like it's the light and the flashing of the light and the movement that's, drives me crazy. Yeah. That's what's supposed drives to, me crazy. That's what's supposed to not be there so you can go to sleep. Right. Right. It helps me fall asleep, but then I couldn't stay asleep with that up. We had a, a roommate in college. We were in a suite where it's eight people, you know, four rooms in in, in the suite. And one of the guys in, it wasn't luckily my roommate, but it didn't matter because you could hear it throughout the entire suite. He had some sort of thing where he could not fall asleep unless the TV was on full blast. I mean, oh. I mean, a hundred on the dial, right? Like, <laughs> and it was so loud one time. And I'll never forget we were trying to sleep one night and he had fallen asleep watching the movie Saw and just like <laughs> full blast. And so we were all just like listening to the Saw at, at the loudest volume. That's terrible. It was just, it was such a nightmare. So I don't, I don't get that. I, yeah. I get like having like a fan on and stuff, a little white noise kind of thing, but yeah. I can't, I, like I can't white do, noise. Yeah. I can't do a whole lot of, of light or noise. What a debate. So the average is probably right then, because it sounds like there's people that fall asleep immediately, and then yeah. there's those that it takes us quite a while. And so, yeah, averaging out maybe. Still seems a little low, but... Uh, yeah, it seems a little low, but I'm, I don't know. I, I think I believe it. Interesting. My, my vote is I believe it. Well, there you go. Fact of the week. Uh, back to the financial talk coming up right here on Skyline Well Strategies. Stay tuned. Talk 1370. This is the Skyline Well Strategies radio show, helping you take the confusion out of retirement planning. This is the Skyline Wealth Strategies radio show. I'm Walter Storholt, joined as always by Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland and the great team at Skyline Wealth Strategies. You can find more information about the team and how we can help you prepare for retirement by going to skylinewealth.com. Guys, let's talk about some of the folks who have good intentions when it comes to their financial lives and retirement planning. But they're often giving bad financial advice to those around them. All right. So we're calling this the best of intentions, but maybe not so great on the execution standpoint. I'm sure you've got plenty of stories where you've seen this before, where uh, let's start with the closest members. Somebody comes into your office. They're getting information, advice, guidance from family members, but it's just missing the mark a little bit. Do you see that happen from time to time? All the time. So, you know, we talked about emotions being the number one thing that we deal with here. This is absolutely number two, and, and they're, they tie together. Um, the, the family member is trying to give advice on stuff that they don't really know about or maybe even outdated advice. Uh, we had a couple that came in here, probably been six months now, put together a great plan, and, and part of that plan included a couple of annuities, and the, the lady was just, like, instantly put on the brakes. Oh, no, I don't want anything to do with annuities. So I, I knew somebody had been, you know, giving her some bad advice. So I said, okay, wh what's the problem with annuities? And she said her brother had told her not to get an annuity. And I was trying to dig a little bit about what his expertise was. Apparently he didn't have a whole lot. And so I finally asked her, I said, well, when did he tell you this? And you're not going to believe this. In 1992, 
from <laughs> oh. all the way back 30 plus oh, years. Man. Um, at some point, her brother told her not to get an annuity because he knew somebody that knew somebody that had an annuity that annuitized it and, and lost control of the money. And, and for 30 years, she's holding on to that, um, still having a roadblock to even listening to what I'm trying to explain to her. Yes, yeah, it's it's super frustrating when you get uh, when you when you have that happen, and uh, really the, the only thing we can do is just try to try to educate. You know, that's really what what we're doing right now uh, is just trying to, to to set the stage for the reality that is retirement planning, not maybe what you heard from from those family members that uh, don't know what they're talking about, or they used to know what they're talking about, but you know, here we are, ten fifteen years later, and and things have changed. You know, we're the ones keeping up with it, not them. We'll exactly. we'll save the you know full in and out annuity one hundred and one segment for another part of the show sometime. But what was your reaction to her, Jess? I mean, how did that play out, and were you able to kind of walk through that education with her and and kind of get to a, a point where she kind of understood a little bit better? I was so I, I, at first I tried to draw out of her what the actual problem was, and and you know sometimes people will hear do or don't do something, and then they'll, there's some follow up on it. But she didn't even have that. The guy just told her don't do it. She didn't even know why. So. I go all the way back and say, okay, if you were listening to this in the early 90s, here's why people didn't like annuities. So we go through the whole um, you know, pitch on what was wrong with the annuities of the early 90s and the late 80s, and then show her what has been done to correct that since then and how, the difference, you know, how they were different from back then. And in the end, we put together a great plan that also included annuities, and they were perfectly happy with it. Interesting to see that. And also just a testament to the power of family, though, to just a small comment 30 years ago <laughs> leads to this long-held belief that impacts somebody's financial life and their future yeah. decisions. It's amazing it's when crazy. you trace it back like that. Yeah, wild. Exactly. Well, we don't get it just from family members. Uh, we go out to the golf course. We go into the book club. We go into anywhere where our friends are. And friends, we probably all have a few that are certainly opinionated about certain things, and they're going to let you know similarly what they think about certain things. Have you seen friends steer people in the wrong direction when they were trying to be helpful? Absolutely. And friends can even be more powerful, right? Because you have to sort of keep up with the Joneses, right? So you can't, you can't let them, you know, show that you're, you don't, you aren't intelligent on retirement matters or any matters for that, that point, right? So when you're on the golf course and yeah, your friend says, uh, you know, have you bought so at such and such stock or, or make sure you don't, you don't purchase those annuities, really take those things to heart and kind of run with them more than you really should. Um, and so, yeah, we have people that come in with some sort of impression on, on why something is good or bad, or they come in and we'll, we'll, we'll kind of lay out the plan and show them what, what we think they should do and well i want to make sure we do this one specific thing because you know joe bob the other day told me that that's the best thing to do and it's kind of like where's that coming from you know so got, got to get on of, that bitcoin jonathan exactly right <laughs> yeah so we kind of have to 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 break down kind of like we we did with the the family like jess was talking about like where is this coming from why why do you want to go that direction and, and what is your knowledge on that you know so it's not always preconceived notions either you know we'll get halfway through the process and somebody will go out to dinner with a couple of other couples um, you know, and you put somebody at dinner, everybody's trying to one up each other. The wine starts flowing by the end of the dinner. Everybody's exaggerating their portfolio and what they've got going on. All right. And sometimes people will start bragging on what they're doing with us. Hey, we've met these, these guys over here. This is a fantastic plan. Here's what we're doing. And then we start laying it out. The people that are all, you know, market people, um, just start to trash it. Oh, this is crazy. You don't want to do that. Stick in the market. Look what I'm doing. I got a 24% gain here and I'm buying this stock. Um, you know, the alcohol starts flowing, the exaggerations start going and people will come back to a third appointment saying, you know, we've been thinking about it. I've talked to my friend and I've got to go back and kind of walk them through it and undo it and get them back on track. Yeah, so back, it, it comes from both directions. It's all the emotions, right? Back to emotions. But um, that, that's a huge part of it is just uh, making, keeping people on track and focused on, on their objectives and goals and not confusing that with somebody else's, right? That's where friends kind of get in the way sometimes. Let them be your friends out there in the world and the golf course at the dinner table and, and leave them out of your retirement matters.
Yeah, I like a great that. Point. I like that a lot. <laughs> I'm going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> Leave them on the golf course. Uh, yeah, exactly. Especially if you had a rough day on the back nine. Uh, right. So you've got family, you've got friends in your ear. It's not just from those that are closest to us in those ways, though, guys. Sometimes it comes from other professionals, and this is not meant to, uh, to bash a particular financial industry, but CPAs, I've heard stories of often kind of pushing people off of the right track financially by accident. So that... I ran into that 10, 12 years ago. I don't see it as much these days. And okay. I don't know I don't know if it's TurboTax that's pulling everybody away from their CPAs <laughs> or if, the, if that generation of CPAs is just getting older and, and kind of chilling out. Um, but I don't see CPAs derailing with bad advice nearly as much now as I did a decade ago. Fortunately, fortunately, yeah. And, you know, and we're, we're certainly uh, not saying, even if they did, that they don't know what they're talking about. But, you know, CPAs do their own thing. We do our own thing. We don't hold ourselves out to be CPAs. We don't, we don't personally do your tax returns, none of that sort of stuff. So we'll let them do their thing and we'll do our thing. And I think it's just important to note that, you know, CPAs aren't necessarily financial advisors and, and vice versa. So, um, you know, a lot of times we'll, we'll have a specific investment um, and it may not be something that the CPA has seen before. They start asking questions, trying to understand it and that can be misinterpreted as um, oh they're, they're concerned about it um, I should be concerned too well not necessarily no uh, oftentimes those kind of misunderstandings are resolved by just a conversation between us and that CPA and uh, we can kind of get back on track pretty quickly and really no harm no foul but you know it's important that your financial professionals communicate so we like to um, try to try to keep that um, you know in-house as much as we can and, and that we kind of have our, our own CPA that we do refer people to so a lot of times we can already have those situations resolved before they even start if, you, if you're working with somebody that we're familiar with but um, if not you know we can certainly um, connect with them and, and resolve any issues that might come about from misinformation. So it's also even as disconcerting as that it's not so much of cpas saying don't do that that's bad advice it's cpas that have been doing tax returns for a couple forever and they've got just earned income i mean they're they don't they don't really know much more or or focus much more on just how to file a you know 1040 so we start throwing things in there that they're not used to seeing that are more retirement related and the cpa doesn't understand the taxability of it they're, they're actually incorrect so they'll start giving bad advice on how it's taxed and then the client comes back saying, wait a minute, I'll talk to my CPA. And then we've got to basically turn around and do the CPA's job. So, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying CPAs are bad, but some of these guys that have been around for 30 years doing the same couple's tax return for 30 years, the same stuff every single year. Um, they're not keeping up with the continuing education. They've got other CPAs on staff that are, you know, most likely doing their CE for them and just taking the, turn the credits in. Um, they're just stuck. They're stuck in the 90s and the 80s, and they don't understand the taxability or the tax advantages of some of the things that we do today. Right, right. Things change in retirement, so you have to make sure your CPA can keep up with that. So. I know we could do a whole show on this, but I feel it's important to highlight, too, is there's a big difference between tax filing and tax planning. Can you guys touch on that for a moment? Yeah, so I'll, I'll quote Jaden on this one. It's my, it's my most fun one. Most people's CPAs just fill out forms. They keep them out of jail. They're not giving them tax advice. There's a few <laughs> of them out there that know what they're talking about. For the most part, people are just, you know, they're getting their, their return done. Um, somebody tells them, you know, be careful with Roth conversions. It might be a tax issue for you. And they let them run and go figure it out. But other than that, most people are just filing retaxes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a good way to put it. I like that. All right, I'm going to try not to blow Jess's top off with this last point here. But uh, <laughs> so, uh, he may disagree with the very premise of what I'm about to say, because this whole segment's been about people who have your the right intentions in mind in trying to help you, but they often will steer you in the wrong direction. One of the main sources people get financial information, guidance, and, yes, even the word advice is from financial experts in the media. Uh, what do you guys think? You know, I go back and forth on whether I can actually mention this guy's name, so I'll mention it. We can, we can maybe edit out later. Um, you know, we 
a lot of times advice is coming to clients from you know on the TV or on the internet has very little to do with them and like I said before has more to do with the person giving the advice so I was in here one day I don't hear very well so my daughter came up for lunch and she showed me something on a computer that we put up on the TV that I got on the wall so we turned the, the volume up which is not usually up so I looked at it we had our lunch she left I turned the volume down to what I thought was all the way down but it wasn't quite all the way down and so I'm sitting here at my desk and all of a sudden I hear somebody screaming I will die and go to hell before I ever sell an annuity I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? I thought somebody was in the, the, the reception area, you know, like pitching a fit. So I run out there and I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? Everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy. And I come back into the office and Ken Fisher's up on my, my TV screaming about how bad annuities are. And uh, he said, you know, send off from my 12 page booklet on everything you need to know about annuities. So I, I sent off for it. The first page lists 10 things that anybody with a brain would ask about annuities. And the next 11 pages were all about how awesome the market is in retirement. So people are listening to things that they see on TV that may be a different agenda. Um, that are not necessarily looking out for them. Um, they're actually looking out for the advisor itself. So this guy's got a big book of business, and as people start retiring, especially when the baby boomers all started retiring at one time, they're pulling their money out of the market and allocating it to other asset classes, and who's losing money but the guy on the TV. So I do see people reading articles on the Internet or listening to things on TV that are not necessarily geared towards their best interest but towards the interest of the person that wrote the article that's on TV. Absolutely, and, and then you get the, the articles that are sort of uh, false authority, I guess. Like the other day we had a, a client who said, you know, after we put a plan into place, oh, I read this article on Yahoo, you know, and you know, it's <laughs> Yahoo reposting some article from somebody's blog, you know, talking about this, that, and the other. And it's kind of like, why, why, would you, why would you run and go with those ideas and, and misconceptions rather than kind of listening to, to what we have to say? But I understand, you know, people are looking for, you know, the, to kind of double check their sources and make sure that you know this huge life decision they're making uh, doesn't goes off without any hiccups doesn't have any issues but it's really important to understand the filter through which you're kind of uh, interpreting that that media how it's coming at you I mean lots of people have agendas um, everybody has an agenda and that's how they're approaching it so just watch out when you're reading those articles um, there's some good information out there certainly but you kind of have to filter it through your own filter and, and apply it to what you're doing rather than what they'd like you to do with it so I just want to take a couple of minutes here to talk about how this is impacting us as well as everybody else you know I mean, we, we're not doing seminars anymore no that's, no that's weird that's what really, a change yeah um, you know kind of our long-term goal our five to seven year plan was to not do so many seminars and rely on other means of, of getting in front of people. And so we've had our five-year plan accelerated to a two-week plan. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah. but it's okay. You know, I mean, that, that's what smart businesses are rolling with us and looking out for our clients. And I mean, that's, that's, that's what we have to do. Um, it's not going to do anybody any good if we just put our head down and say, you know, what do we do? Exactly. You know, we're here for, for everybody, existing clients, and also those people out there who whose plans have changed and suddenly need help, or maybe they didn't think they did before. Exactly. And, and, and you know, and the reality is, a lot of the hurdles that we had to deal with on scheduling and getting people in here when they have them take off work, spend time in here, it doesn't sound right to say that, you know, it, it's, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing with this virus. But the reality is, as a result of this and, and changing how we react to it, it really frees up some more time for us to be able to meet with more people, maybe spend some more time with those people. Um, and possibly if you're working from home, frees up some time for you to actually deal with your retirement. I mean, yeah. let's, let's take advantage of a bad situation and try to at least get some good out of it. Right. So if you're sitting there working from home, maybe you have a, a lunch break and all you can do is think about, my gosh, what's the market doing? What happens to my retirement? Um, utilize that time. Don't sit there and, and worry about it. You know, set up a call with us. That's what we're doing right now. You can reach us either by normal phone call or, or video call. Um, and, and just have a 30-minute consultation with us just to get to know us and connect and, and figure out what's going on and, and what do I need to do. Yeah, and I mean, the, the, on top of it, 
if you think about Austin traffic, right? So if somebody's going to take off work, come sit down with us for two hours. They really add a, a, an hour. Oh, yes, yeah, so at least, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you're working from home, you know, now you've only got to take off, uh, you know, the, the time of the appointment itself. Yeah. No, no driving time. Your commute so. is about 15 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, exactly. Whatever it takes to dial in. Um, and something else that just occurred to me, you know, the we're local. We're, we're tried and true. Keep Austin weird. We're right here in the middle of local Austin. Um, which has, to some degree, limited our ability to deal effectively with people that aren't here local. I mean, nobody wants to drive traditionally. Three hours yeah, traditionally. exactly. Yeah. Um, so you know, with this new world we're coming into and the new model that we're setting up, just to be able to function and deal with people locally, that opens it up for you know people everywhere. So if you can hear this on the radio, we can help you. Yeah. Or if you know somebody who can't hear it, you need to pass this along yeah. to them. Uh, tune That's, them in, right? All, all of a sudden, you have more options than you had before. That's it. But really, if you can hear us now. We can help you. We can talk to you. We can do anything um, by video conference that we could previously do here in the office. We've got electronic applications for everything. We've got e-signatures. Uh, you know, we've kind of stopped the machine and figured out how to do this without having to sit in front of somebody. And we've got it figured out. You know, I'm, I'm really proud of Jonathan. Jonathan has just like been a beast on getting with all the carriers and everybody that we deal with and figuring out, you know, where's that one thing that we can't do virtually? And then he hops on it and fixes it. So we're set up. We're, we're running. We can do this from anywhere. Yep, we're ready to go. So absolutely reach out to us. We want to help you um, and really put a plan together now now more than ever uh, to set you up for long-term retirement success. So we're here for you. Please do reach out to us. It's very easy to get in touch, of course. Just call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. That puts you in touch with Jonathan Berklin and Jess Hamill and the team at Skyline Wealth Strategies. And it allows you to set up a time for that 30-minute call or video conference so you can meet remotely with the team and get your financial plan in place. Call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. Or get in touch via the website at skylinewealth.com. That's SkylineWealth.com. And that's all the time that we have for on this week's show. For Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland, I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Skyline Wealth Strategies Radio Show. All opinions and information expressed by the speakers on this show are solely the opinions of those speakers, not those of Skyline Wealth Strategies or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. All opinions are based on information the speakers consider reliable. Opinions and information are provided as is, for educational purposes only, cannot be guaranteed or warranted, may change without notice, and may not be corrected or updated. Opinions and information should not be construed as an inducement to invest, an offer to buy or sell securities, nor as legal tax or investment advice, nor do they take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and are therefore not necessarily intended as recommendations suitable for you. You must make an independent decision regarding investments and strategies mentioned on this program. Neither the speakers, Skyline Wealth Strategies, or their affiliates guarantee any specific outcome or profit. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all investments involve inherent risk and total loss. Strategies and investments fluctuate in price and value, and investors may get back less than they invested. You should seek advice from independent financial, investment, and legal counsel before making any financial or investment decisions. Transmission of information through this program is not intended and does not create an advisor-client relationship between you and Skyline Wealth Strategies. Information provided on this program may reference other service providers, including websites operated and maintained by third parties. The provision of such information does not imply responsibility for or an endorsement of any third-party information, opinion, recommendation, or investment product. Reproduction, distribution, republication, and or retransmission of any portion of this program is prohibited without the prior written consent of Skyline Wealth Strategies.